bring some attention to some things today, and I want to ask some questions, and a, sim a simple question of random questions. I'm just going to look around the room and pick somebody out. I'm going to ask a random question, and let's dive into some things. And um, let's find out. See, where there is evidence, the way that there's going to be evidence is when we begin to, when we stop trying, again, this is something that I did say this morning earlier to one of, the, one of my sons, when we stop trying to be extraordinary and accept that He wants us only to be ordinary. He sent an extraordinary Son into the earth to be an ordinary man. He removed the extraordinary so that He could be ordinary. So that when people looked at Him, they would see and know that He was different, but He looked exactly the same. He shaved, perhaps. He bathed, hopefully. He turned the water into wine, unusual. <laughs> but Yahweh took an extraordinary part of Himself and turned Him into an ordinary you and me. And sent Him to demonstrate to us it isn't extraordinary He's looking for and too often we are looking for something extraordinary in ourselves in every moment so we come up Again, 2 Timothy 2.15, short, unprepared, ashamed that we missed the mark. You hearing me today? So because of that, we feel like we've come up short, we've missed the mark, we've whatever. When there's opportunity for an evidence to present itself, it, never, it doesn't get the opportunity because we close our mouths, we move away from the moment, or... Uh, for whatever reason, we miss it simply because we didn't feel like we were extraordinary enough for that God-given moment. So somehow we miss that. And we walk away from that, and then we ask ourselves again, when does this verse become real to me? When am I approved? When am I not shameful? And when do I understand the word to rightly divide it? And we miss the moments. And the Father, every single time the question is asked, and maybe you could say, I've never asked the question, maybe not with your mouth, but you have in your actions. You've stepped away from moments that were given to you that were supernatural moments looking for an ordinary intervention. Instead, we look for ordinary moments and try to be a supernatural intervention. And the Father said, I did not make you supernatural. I made you natural so that you could present yourself, you could insert yourself into the moments that I give you. Make a difference. So I'm going to ask a question. So somebody give the mic to Shelby Wheatley. So what I'm going to do this morning when I ask these questions, I'd like for you to be as honest as you can. Some of you may be uncomfortable with the question. But um, I want you to be as honest as you can. I don't know what questions, I don't know if there'll be more than one question or only one question, I have no idea. But I can tell you that, um, um, let's dig in, let's find out where we are. Sometimes when we look at life, if we just sit back in our chair and we just look at life and we just look at what's around us and we wonder about things that are going on or aren't. that often is because of, in fact, almost always, is really because of decisions that we make. 
your decisions impact every single second of every single day, everything that you do. So let's find out where we're at. Can we do that today? Can we go on a journey together? If you prefer to decline, if I ask you a question and you prefer to decline, you may. It's up to you. Um, you know, I'm, I'm putting you on the spot, so feel free to do what you feel like you need to. Shelby, I want you to tell me. Identify for me, this is more of a statement than a question, but I would like for you to identify for us. Tell me the point in your life when you felt the most passionate about the things of God. I would say once I finally knew what I wanted to do with my life and when I knew what my calling was to do speech therapy and give kids a voice. So define for me how passion for the kingdom or the passion for Yahweh is reflected in that. A lot of the kids that I work with would never have someone help them or they would be um, looked over. So I feel like I am giving um, love to these children that might not ever see love. And that's where I can show how Yahweh loves us. Maybe even when we feel like we're not deserving. And the kids, maybe they are in their home environment and they feel like they aren't deserving. So one of my biggest, um, I guess, jobs is to make them feel loved before I even help them find a voice. It's a good answer. Do you remember, when was the last time you recall you were so moved by what Yahweh had done in your life, it was overwhelming to the point you could not contain it. You were either shouting about it, crying about it, telling somebody about it, calling... When, when was the last time that you recall, did, did He show Himself so mightily in your life that you, couldn't, you just couldn't keep it in? I would say actually this week I had a little girl come into my classroom and she was hysterically sobbing and um, she was just having a really rough day and it was like I like comforted her and I was like holy heck like this is Yahweh so <laughs> evident because I would never have reached this little girl and maybe she would have been feeling terrible the whole entire day and so it was just like we didn't do speech therapy that day we were human beings that day and I helped her and I was um, a strength for her when she didn't even know what she needed. So I would feel like I called my mom and I told her about it when I got home and it was just, it was an amazing experience that I don't even still know why she was crying. She just came in and she needed me as her safe place and was just, that's what it was. It's great. Mm -hmm. Would you say, and then I'm going to pick on somebody else. (laughs) Would you say that you are the most Would you, let me just ask it this way. Would, do you believe, would, would you say, would you answer this question this way? Do you believe that you have more passion for Yahweh today than you ever have? For sure. And that is demonstrated in how many ways, even outside of the work, out of the job? Every day, it's just, I'm starting to see the smaller beauties of everything and starting to see the adult beauties of everything and going into that transition of life. And there's just so much goodness all around us. We're in a global pandemic and we're okay. So it's just like, it's all revealed all around us. It's great. It's great. Thank you, Shelby. Somebody grab that mic if you would, please, and bring it over here to, let's come over here and uh, let's see. Where do I want to give that microphone now? 
because I want to get, I want to dive deep. Um, you know what? Take it back over there. Give it to Alex. Let me pick on my daughter this morning. When would you say, Alex, you were the most passionate about the things of God in your life? Today. Always. Every day I'm more and more passionate. What does that look like? Every day it's a little bit different. Um, today I'm going to be passionate about what he has for me and what he wants me to do. So today I'm going to go home and I'm going to be passionate about my schoolwork so that I can put in the work and I can put in the time to do what he's called me to do. And you see Yahweh in that? Of course I do. Good. Otherwise, I would not be doing that. <laughs> <laughs> and I can tell you that's true. That's true. Do you believe... Well, let me ask you the same question I asked Shelby. When was the last time he did something so extraordinary in your life it was accountable to no one other than Yahweh and you could not refrain from just... You just were about to bust a gut, I guess is the best way to ask it. It was with a patient, but it's hard for me to, I can't say so much without HIPAA. But I did have somebody one time that was going through a situation, um, and I was the one assigned to them for that shift. And it was a hard person, um, it was a hard situation to deal with, and I wasn't super excited to be assigned to this person at first until I realized why I was assigned to this person. And through their situation, we, I was able to minister to her, but more importantly, honestly, she was able to minister to me. And we did, we talked about Yahweh, and we talked about why she was put in this um, situation and why I was here for her. Um, and it was just very tangible. It's good, it's good. Thank you, thank you, sis. Sydney. You ready? Let's do this. Let's, before I come to Sydney, I want to, I looked up this morning and I saw someone I have not seen in a very long time. And it's so good to see Daniel Davidson today and his family with us. Daniel, where do y'all live now? Now you're in Volusia. You guys were, oh, y'all were in Alabama. But you're in Volusia now. Yeah. Welcome home. Thank you. Thank Welcome you. home. Daniel, some of the people don't know you in here, but they, some of, a lot of them do. Tell me, when do you believe you were last, or when do you believe you were most passionate about Yahweh in your life? I'm getting somewhere with these, the same question over and over. This is going somewhere. I mean, I'm honestly? supposed to. Honestly. Honestly. It's been some years, man. Probably back when we was at the storefront. On 1792. Yeah. So 1792 holds a memory date for you. Somebody turn that air up just a little bit, please. It's kind of chilly up here in the front. So that 1792 date or location for you and that season, which was quite a long time ago, you're saying that that was the time you felt that you were most passionate about the things of God. Yeah. Do you mind elucidating on that a little bit do you mind sharing why that might have probably, been we well we went to church probably three times a week you know youth service and then sometimes my mom would be up there with the ministry she was doing with the clothes and stuff and then we would do all the 
trips. I just felt like I just was more connected at that time, you know. I ain't really I don't really do church besides if I come here. She would prefer me to go to other churches, but I'm I'd rather not. So you find life in it. Do you you love Yahweh? Of course, yeah. I know you do. I'm getting somewhere with all of this, not to put you on the spot, but you're you're helping me you're helping us move in it, it where I, I believe Holy Spirit wants us to be today. Thank you. Sydney, we hand that right in front of you. Thank you. When were you most passionate about Yahweh in your life? And what did it look like? No, let's ask the first question first. When were you most passionate in your life about Yahweh? Seems like I'm picking on the left side of the room. I'm, I'm getting over here. Liz, you're next. <laughs> Ashamed. Say it again. If you don't have to speak, we're just going somewhere with this because I'm going to tell you what's in the house today. Healing is in the house. Yes. Change is in the house. Yes. Okay. I was saying it's almost like I'm ashamed to say when, in the sense that there's been times where I felt like I was, but I just knew it was all a facade of how I was truly feeling. Um, but I almost can't remember, to be honest, when it was true, um, when it was a true passion, and not just a, I hope this, I hope this um, moment turns into something that I can say, ooh, I was passionate in that moment. Um, but yeah. What would you be comfortable, you don't, don't give details, but what generally changed from when you were very passionate about Yahweh to the point where it became, if I'm interpreting what you're saying correctly, became simply a almost routine type relationship. What changed? You don't have to answer anything, and I realize I'm putting you on the spot, but there's healing in the house, so, and you're not doing, you're not wrong if you don't want to answer. It's fine. You tell me. No. Can I say something to that? I want to, today is going to be a day, and I'm going to use a very natural statement from what I'm looking at right now, okay? Today's a day that Sidney Phillips is going to come out from under the hat. Come out from behind the things that hide the eyes, that hide the soul, the window to the soul. Come out from under those things. Today is that day for Sidney Phillips. Can you receive that? It is that day. Get ready. 
Get ready. Thank you, sweetheart. Liz. Liz Darnell. I'm sorry. When, when was the most, in your life, was the most passionate time for the things of God for you? I've been thinking about the question since you asked the first person. I'm sure all of us have. If he gave me a different question to ask, I would ask it. But that's, that's okay. the one that he that's okay. gave me. I did. I mean, I thought about it as you were asking everyone that question. And I know, you know, 40 years ago when I got saved, you would say I was passionate because of the crazy things that I did and the external things that moved me to jumping and shouting. And we saw miraculous and, I mean, I just, I can't even go into the things we saw. But today... The passion, I move to tears in the smallest things. I work with kids and parents, mm -hmm. and I see the miraculous at Walmart. I see the miraculous at where we go to breakfast every week and the things we were able to ex share this week with a person. And so I guess in my expression of passion, it may have been more external in my younger years, but what moves me today, it moves in a very, very deep place and I see him more clearly mm. in every little what you were saying the ordinary things yeah. and not so much in the big mm -hmm. splashy things so mm -hmm. is, I hope that's, that's good. an answer that's a good that's answer good how answer. I feel in my heart good answer thank you Heather Coday yeah. different question what is it that from the point when we find ourselves so passionate about the things of the kingdom, we're hungry, we want to know more, we're in search of, there isn't enough information to get, there aren't enough preachers to talk to, there aren't enough believers to get with and to seek counsel from and to get answers to my questions. From that point until the point where passion, suddenly one wakes up and realizes, where did it, or asks where did it go? What is it? that happens between the point of passion and the point where it seems there is an absence of it. I would have to say lack of focus. You get in the routine and you, you get stuck in that routine, waking up at 6.30 or 5.30 every morning and then doing A, B, C, you start to lose focus and you care more about, I think you tend to do more about your routine than what you should be spending time doing. Sort of like me memorizing and reading every day 2 Timothy 2.15, believing that it was going to develop me instead of develop something in me. Correct. Waiting for it to miraculously change me instead of helping me to see the real message behind the words. That's what you're saying. Correct. That routine, it doesn't produce anything. And in, in time, the life that is in it, I mean, you take a gallon of milk, it has all the nutrients, everything that you need in that gallon of milk when it is fresh. But if that milk is not used up and then refreshed, at some point, what once was life becomes yep. utterly disgusting yep. to the taste bud. And that's what it is. It's that same thing day after day. That's a good answer. So, if... That routine is getting in the way of the passion. Is, is it possible 
that there's anything in us as people, as, as humans on the earth, is there anything that's in us possibly that we let rob us of that passion that really um, we consider them thieves, we consider it uh, failure, but in reality, it's something that has come to us as a lesson or as a teacher. Is it possible that we misinterpret the things that cause us to lose our passion? Absolutely. Like in my own life, it's time. I don't have time. That's, I mean, I put 13, 14 hours a day at work. I'm tired. I don't have time. And time is very important especially for those things that you're passionate about. But it, right. if you allow other things to get in the way of that, then you start to lose your passion. It's true. So I, was, I asked the team when we met this morning, I asked them a question, and I said to them, I said, um, usually I ask them how they're, you know, what they've heard, where they're at, what, they're, you know, what Holy Spirit might have said to them this week. Did they get any direction for the service for the day? And then today, I asked them a very different question. I asked them, I said, um, somebody share with me when Adam showed up in you this week. Share with us. When did Adam show up this week? So I'm going to ask that same question. And I'm going to start with you, Heather, because you're holding a mic. <laughs> don't give details. I, you, know, you don't have to tell us how many times you slapped Nicholas, but just tell us, <laughs> did you? No, I'm just kidding. But... When did, let me just ask it this way, did Adam show up in you this week? Absolutely. <laughs> Nicholas, stop nudging. <laughs> somebody else, let's go to somebody else. Let's go to Shonda. Shonda, did Adam show up in you this week? Yes. I need to ask somebody that's not sitting beside their husband. <laughs> Tim's got his notebook out. What did he look like when he showed up? Um, for me, it probably came in the form of frustration at work dealing with people who don't respond to those circumstances like I would, or they just have a very different perspective of life in general. And while the choices I make to believe what I believe or live how I live might come easy to me, to constantly be bombarded by people who don't sometimes can be really grating. Um, and although there's been a very big shift at my job since I've arrived in how people are for the good, um, it still is just there sometimes and it rears its head. And so for the most part, I'm usually very calm, cool, collected. Nothing bothers me too much, you know. But every once in a while, there'll just be situations. And so a situation arose at work where someone was being untruthful about me. And um, my very first, normally I'd be like, oh, that's not true, and just kind of like let it go. But this time it really frustrated me. 
um, because it was a blatant lie and um, made me look as though I didn't complete a job that I needed to do that was very important. And uh, I, I chose to be a little frustrated about it. And even one of my coworkers, <laughs> she kind of looked at me because she was like, <laughs> like, you don't ever get frustrated. <laughs> And uh, she she's like, girl, some soul just came out of you. <laughs> and she was like, y'all don't cross Shonda, you know. But I was like, I just, I don't want to be lied about, you know. So that's how it looked, I guess. How do you, why, why do you think it was Adam? Um, I think I could have handled it a little, like my words could have been softer, but still said truth. Does that make sense? Like, I didn't have to be harsh. I, I could have been soft and kind with my words. How do you know you didn't have to be harsh? <laughs> How do you know they would have gotten well, normally, the message? I feel like normally I am softer with my words, so that's just my norm. So the fact that I wasn't is why I think I should have So been. your norm probably wouldn't have changed the situation. Right. You had to shake the tree. Yeah. I didn't think of it that way. <laughs> So, does Adam, I'm, not, I'm, I'm just asking this as general, does Adam ever do we believe that it's Adamic things or Adam things that get in the way and that begin to chip away at our passion for the kingdom of God? Do we believe that? Do we believe that there's this Adam nature in us that rises up and begins to break down our, I'm just going to throw out some words that are very common that we would all understand, our moral compass, our balance of right and wrong, our uh, interpretation of what is righteous and unrighteous. Do we believe that somehow Adam can get in the way of that and when he begins to show himself uh, loudly or makes himself apparent that that can be the breakdown so that we can say on this date I was very passionate about Yahweh but then all these I begin to see these things about myself and suddenly I've lost passion because I'm again going back to 2 Timothy 2.15 I find myself a little bit ashamed I find myself a little bit unprepared to rightly divide I find myself unworthy to be a carrier of the gospel. And that begins to absorb the passion uh, that we had and begins to impact us. Is, would it be safe to say that Adam gets in the way of those things and then we have sometimes a hard time getting over that? Would that be safe to say? So let me ask you the question I asked this morning. Again, I'm going to ask this. I said, I asked them, how do you know it's Adam? How do you know it's Adam? When these things rise up in us, have we ever considered, and I'm going to, since Shonda, you went last, I'm going to say the same to you that I said earlier today. But have, have, have you even considered, since you had a burst of the hidden Shonda, <laughs> the one that only Tim knows, <laughs> but have you considered that possibly that wasn't Adam at all. But that was Christ trying to show you something, draw something out of you that was in you 
to be more vocal about things that matter. I had not considered it, but it's funny that you point that out because I had a conversation a while back with Genevieve. Um, I don't even remember how long, but before she left. So anyhow, we had talked about when we are expressing the things that we feel or believe or when we're talking about them, how sometimes we feel we struggle with finding the words to say them and or stumbling over our thoughts or whatever when we're expressing to others. And uh, we both made the remark that we just wanted to engage Holy Spirit to be more poignant with our words. And... Well, it sounds like you figured that one out. Yeah, <laughs> and I kind of hadn't put that together with this, but because I, I, I do tend to be just a little quieter than some or reserved. So now you're really making me think that that was really, yeah, I mean, that was a demonstration that of that, like what you just said. I didn't think of it that way, but it really could have been. I just believe this. I believe that when... Yahweh sent His Son into the earth to redeem mankind. He did not send His Son in the earth to replace us with somebody that's so perfect in every way that we cannot possibly be a demonstration or any evidence at all that Christ is at work in us. The only time there's evidence that Christ is at work in us is when He is changing something about us that is contrary to who He is. You're hearing me today. So when we press into these things, and this, this Adam is showing up, and, and he's doing all of these things, I, I'm certain of this, that no matter where you are in this room, or watching online, no matter where you are as you listen to this, and you go through your mind, and there's people here of every sort, they're the most passionate right now. They were the most passionate a year ago. They were the most passionate 10 years ago, 15 years ago, whenever it was. They were the most passionate. In their mind, they were the most passionate then. But what changed between then and now is not that they do not have access to the same reasons that they were passionate before. What's changed is a lack of self-confidence that I, it's okay to be ordinary in an extraordinary kingdom called the kingdom of God. It's okay to be normal. It's okay to be Steve. It's okay to have a moment. It's okay to have a lapse. It's okay to have to find my way. It's okay to say, you know what? I got off course. The evidence is in our ability to deal honestly with self. And sometimes what happens is Yahweh will use Adam, God will use the Adam that we've identified so easily as anything that's not God in our mind, we call Adam. Anything that doesn't feel holy or righteous, we call Adam. In reality, it, it might not be holy or righteous, but it also might not be unholy or unrighteous. It might simply be part of who you are and Yahweh is using that part of your DNA simply to cause us to begin to see it's okay to be who you are. In all of those things in you, when you feel like you are slipping or you feel like you are sliding or you feel like, man, I was so 
fired up and hungry and, and passionate after the things of God, then I wish I could just get back to that. And all these little things run around in our mind and the Father's saying, nothing's changed. You are just as much you then as you are now. The difference is then you weren't trying to separate me from your normal, ordinary self. And he said, I want you to accept that I can work within your ordinary self. And if you can get that, you can understand it's okay to be ordinary and it's okay to slip every now and then. It's okay to fall every now and then. But the point isn't that you slipped or that you fell. The point is that you recognize that you've slipped and you've fallen and you get right back up and you press right back in to the very thing, the very word, the very spirit, the very hope, the very anointing that changed you in the first place. Chris Myers. When were you last the most passionate about the things of God? I would say probably this morning. Um, I have a tendency, like, when I get overwhelmed, I kind of let that overtake me for a little bit. But then it turns into... um, Drive. I say mostly be like hurt or um, like things that really have come against me, and I probably to my fault. I probably dwell on it a little longer than I should. But then once I'm done with that, then then I turn it to you know like an intense drive, and so. Is lack of passion a sign of lack of Christ? No. Why not? I mean, I don't, I don't feel like we're ever apart just because, you know, I'm having a moment. You know? It's a good think word. Even, even, him, even he had a moment in the garden, you know? So, yeah, he had several. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. So I think, and I think that's also one of my, probably my biggest things that I deal with is that I tend to think like, you know, if you're not perfect, you know, but he didn't create us perfect. And so, like, I'm probably my own worst uh, critic, you know. And you that, find you beat yourself up over tripping over what you think is Adam, and maybe it is, maybe it isn't. Yeah. And then you try to sort it out. Why did I do this again? Yeah. Why did this come up again? I thought I conquered this giant. Yeah. Now it's bigger than it was the last time. I took its head off and it grew two back. It feels kind of that way? Yeah. Yeah. How does that affect your, your fire for the things of the kingdom or your willingness to be in evidence? Um, I think now it's kind of like more than ever. Like you said it was going to get personal, so let's get personal. <laughs> it's like, um, you know, through everything that's gone on this last year, it's like, This this is probably not gonna sound the way I mean it, but like I kind of like feel more alone than ever because um, like all my like family, like people that you know like gave birth to me or you know like like they kind of like just went one way over this last year. It was kind of like um, like a line was drawn in the sand, and it was like 
you know, you're you're either on this side or like I didn't draw the line, yeah. you know. But like, so now it's you know, and I know I'm like babbling now, but it's because it's so. I don't think you're babbling at all. I it's so like it hurts, you know, and like and like some of these people, I think like you know, I'm probably never gonna see you again now. It's like you know, and those are the thoughts that I think, but it's like. But that's what gave me drive, because now I realize it is me. You know, it's like, I don't, I don't have these people. Like, you know, you're always counting on me. And, like, he's got me for these six, you know, including me. And so, you know, it's just like, it's like, you, I can't even talk to those people anymore. It's like, because I, you know, and like, I try to just let them, like, have their opinion and, you know, say what they say and try not to, like, even get into it because I've gone there and it's, like, not a good result, you know what I mean? And so... Did Yahweh call you to go into places where he didn't lead? Has he ever sent you somewhere where he wasn't going before you? No. Never? No. So should we have any responsibility or feel any responsible to try to go into a land that was never promised to us? No. No. So should we carry any weight for that land if it falls away from the Father? Should we carry any weight or responsibility for the condition of whatever that land becomes? Whether it becomes a Sodom, whether it be whatever it might come. Should we feel any weight of responsibility for what that land becomes if that's not the land He sent us into? When I'm talking about land, I'm talking about anything. Whether it's people, whether it's places, whether it's things. If He didn't send us there... No matter what it looked like, no matter how it was identified with, should we carry any weight in that? Should that have any weight on what, how we honor Him and what we do when we go forward? No, definitely not. No. I guess it just makes it, what makes it so difficult is because like, I truly like, am a lover of people. And it's like, it just makes me like, sad for them. You know, it's like... I think your sadness isn't sadness. I think your sadness is more of a, again, that's a passion revealed because you want them to love God like you do. Yeah. And you, I believe you know that if they love the Father the way that you love the Father, that the relationship would be entirely different. It isn't that they don't want anything to do with Chris Myers. It's that they don't want anything to do with the man that, Chris My, that God has created Chris Myers to be. Yeah. That's the person that they don't want. And that's not, the only control that you have over that is whether you press into the things of God or you do not. Right. That's the only control that you have over that. Grieving for people that go a different way is normal and it's right and it's good. But pulling myself down and not pressing into what I know is right because I'm so concerned about that, right. that isn't the plan of God. Yep. That's not the plan of God. So does any of these things, any of these things that we're talking about that separate us, and I could go one by one and every single person in this room and all of us, probably everybody in here, you're already in your mind, you're running through little scenarios where you, know, you feel like maybe this separated you from an original passion. Uh, we always hear about the original sin. Do we hear about the original passion? You know, that first time that we just found ourselves just, man, everything about the Father, I want everything to do with it. And everybody in here, you, you run through scenarios in your mind where you feel like maybe you came up short or you feel like I could have done this differently and, or it might not have been sin but I wish I'd have done this or, or if I would have made whatever. And you run through all these decisions in your mind. This, I'm, I'm, what Holy Spirit wants to do this morning is heal. 
He wants to heal. He wants to heal. And He wants to heal you. He wants to heal your mind. He wants to heal what you think about yourself. He wants to heal about who you see yourself as. He wants to heal that so that the evidence that's out there coming, waiting for you, the evidence that you're going to be a part of, He wants to heal you today so that you can bring that evidence in and so that you can hold that microphone and say, I'm going to bring evidence today. I'm going to bring a word today. I'm going to bring something today. But there's people in this room and there's people watching online today that you, you, you're not going to bring evidence in because you don't feel like you, you even have evidence. You don't feel like there's anything in you to even present to somebody. I'm going to tell you today that isn't true. That's not true. You haven't done enough. You haven't gone to enough bad places. You haven't said enough bad things. You haven't done anything that's going to separate you from the Father and what He wants you to be and who He wants you to become. You have not done that. No matter where you've gone, no matter how bad you think you are, this is a simple message, and I've preached this before, but I'm telling you today, you have not done enough to keep you outside of the will and purpose of God for you. You haven't. It doesn't matter if your passion was, as Daniel said back on 1792, or if your, your passion was a week ago, or you somehow between whatever point and now, you're not even sure you have a relationship. It doesn't matter. What matters is today. That can change for you. Today that can change for every single person. Scripture tells us the Holy Spirit came for this purpose. To convict, to reprove, and to judge. He came to convict us of sin. He came to, us to show us that God is righteous. That the Father is righteous. And that judgment is real. But not always accounted to us. Judgment is real, but not always accounted to us. He came to show us, to differentiate, to convict of sin, righteousness, and judgment. And I'm going to tell you today, when Holy Spirit comes and He, he moves and He shows us, and, and we are able to, to wake up like this and to see... In fact, I would be curious to even the question, passion, how do we define that? Do I define passion... Do I define passion as loving Christ more today than I ever did? Or loving the things of the kingdom of Yahweh more today than I ever did? Do I define passion as being excited about going to church or a building or assembly? Do I find passion, define passion as, how do I define it? And we might find that our point of reference shifts a little bit depending on how we define that so what I'm going to do today because I didn't know this is what we were going to do today but what I'm going to do is what I know is in my heart and I know what he wants to do is he wants to heal the hearts he wants to heal the hearts today and I didn't know that until something extraordinary happened in an ordinary moment and when Alex said Darnell said, I want to bring the evidence. When he said that, as soon as he started speaking, I immediately knew, Holy Spirit said, all the stuff that I was prepared for today. I really did have a really cool thing to share with you today. <laughs> but I knew what Holy Spirit wanted to do was prepare all of us to bring the evidence. Yes. To be prepared in our heart and to not judge ourselves inappropriately 
Because most of the time, that's exactly what we do. We call it Adam when sometimes it's actually Christ. Sometimes He just gets a hold of us and He says... And we say, Adam, get back! Adam, get back! And Christ is saying, I'm waking you up. Trying to get your attention. I'm showing you something about yourself that really is in there that's a tool. It's an asset. It's not a problem, actually. I've been calling this thing out for a long time and I had to put you in a very peculiar situation to get that thing to show up. You were in a very peculiar situation, Shonda, so that that would show up in you. And Alex Darnell. It was on purpose. And sometimes it's there and it's on purpose, Sydney. Sometimes these moments are there and they're on purpose. You know what you learn from this journey? Daniel, you know what you get out of this journey? You know what you figure out when you, when you begin to put space in there and find out, man, it's been a while. It's been a long time since it was really there. Do you know what you put in that space? What about, you, you, you fill it in with this. What did I learn from that? What did I learn? Instead of, some of it was really good. Some of it was probably not so good. But what you do is you set all that stuff out there and then you say, man, I learned enough to know this. I can't do this without the Father. I cannot do this life thing without God. And I'm going to make sure that today it's right. That's a decision that every single one of us make on our own. Can't be imposed on you. Cannot in any way be forced upon you. But every single one of us make an individual decision. And we say today, I want it right. If you're watching online, I want to say to you today, we're going to give opportunity here in just a moment. I'm believing God's going to bring healing to people's hearts to their lives, to their mind, to their soul. They're going to overcome some of the stuff that they have built up, they have clung to. There are people in this room that didn't speak up, that I didn't call out, and I'm thankful for everybody's honesty. But there's people that I didn't particularly use your name, but yet in you, you know there's, there are things that have built up that you can't be passionate because you keep saying to yourself that same scripture I use that keeps coming back to my mind, 2 Timothy 2.15. Study to show thyself approved. I don't feel approved. A workman that needs not to be ashamed. There are so many reasons I feel ashamed. Rightly dividing the word of truth. I don't even know where to find the right truth to get me through this thing I'm going through. All of that just stacks up on you. Stacks up on you. Stacks up on you. And then suddenly you realize one day, I have become so ashamed, so unrightly dividing the truth. I don't know what's truth and what's lie anymore. And you get into this place and all this stuff is building up and the Father says, today I just want to sweep all that out. I want to remove all of that. I want to get it out of you because what I need you to do, He wants evidence. I'm telling you, the Father loves the earth. He loves the earth and He loves Sanford and He loves Orlando. He loves Central Florida. And the Father wants to do something supernatural in this natural place. And He wants to do something extraordinary with ordinary people. With ordinary people. He's not asking you to be extraordinary. He wants you to be ordinary and He will take your ordinary self and do extraordinary things. But we, we, we have got to be the ones that allow ourselves to press in, to declare, to be honest, to say, this is me. Sydney, thank you for being honest. You know what? No one in this room can say, wow, I didn't realize that about Sydney. Well, we might say that. We didn't, nobody might have known that you've been going through something. But no one can say, man, I thought Sydney was, 
whatever and get this wrong idea and, oh, shame on her. No one can do that. Nobody can do that. Nobody will do that. Nobody is doing that. You know why they're not doing that? Because it matters. Because we realize that the kind of evidence the Father wants to bring out of you, we don't have it. We don't have what it's going to take to get that evidence. Daniel, the same thing. There are things in you none of us are going to be able to bring out. You are necessary in the kingdom of God. You are necessary for Him to be able to do what He wants to do. It's true of every single person in this room. Stand with me if you would.